0: Have you ever heard of a wartime house? What about a strawberry box house or a victory home? These names generally refer to small bungalows that were built between 1940 and 1970 to house workers and veterans from World War II. They are found in many cities across Canada. Peterborough, for example, has them all over the south and east ends of town and they're your typical bungalow or split-level design with two to three bedrooms and one to two bathrooms. The reason I bring them up is because this week the Canadian Housing Minister Sean Fraser announced that Canada will be reviving the same 80-year-old housing program that built those wartime homes. The proposed plan will be to provide standardized housing blueprints to builders to increase the pace of construction. Between 1940 and 1970, these blueprints were available for these wartime houses for a fee of $10 and were provided by the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, or CMHC. However, the country isn't just looking for pre-approved designs for these strawberry box houses. They're looking for multiple designs, including multiplexes, mid-rise buildings, senior residences, and student housing, to name a few. The government will begin consultations in January 2024 on what these designs would look like and how they will accomplish this task with the goal to have them available for developers by fall 2024. Mike Moffitt, the Senior Director of Policy and Innovation at the Smart Prosperity Institute believes the pre-approved plans could cut down construction timelines by as much as 12 months. He also believes that the standardized plans should lead to more favorable terms from lenders and insurance companies, potentially resulting in another incentive for builders to develop these types of homes. Now, there is no requirement that builders or provinces use these blueprints, but the hope is it will cut down on municipal permitting and zoning challenges, allowing homes to be built faster. Let's see what happens. Will allowing developers to skip The permitting and zoning process be enough for them to develop these homes and how much will they cost to develop and at what price will they sell for only time will tell some bad news came out this week from the bank of canada and cmhc they released their canadian housing affordability index for q3 2023 which should actually be called the canadian housing unaffordability index The index analyzes the share of a household's income required to service monthly mortgage payments and utility costs. Essentially, how much of our monthly income are we devoting to housing costs? They found that Canadians need to dedicate 55.2% of their income to housing in Q3 of 2023. This is up a whopping 5.5% year over year, and it's the second highest on record, slightly below the affordability level in the early 80s, when Canadians had to dedicate about 66% of their income to housing. What's more interesting is when you cross-reference this data with the recession data. After each peak in the affordability metric, we saw a recession follow. This is because as those shelter costs rise, people choose not to spend their money on more productive areas like investment or consumption. This leads to shrinking revenues for businesses and a recession. We saw this happen in the early 80s, the early 90s, and in 2007-2008. The question is, will we see one in 2024, and have we hit the peak level of unaffordability? Canada nearly missed a recession last quarter as the Q2 GDP numbers were revised to show positive growth. Let's see what happens in Q4. Well, enough doom and gloom, let's get to some entertaining news that came out this week. The Real Estate and Mortgage Institute of Canada, or REMIC, released a report with some pretty hysterical results. They asked 1,000 Canadians who they were most likely to go to for advice here were the results from most likely to least likely number one parents number two banks number three financial advisors all great choices number four was Ryan Reynolds then politicians, bitcoin millionaires, financial influencers, real estate agents and the least likely individual they would go to for advice a mortgage broker Now, I'm not worried about being second last, coming behind bitcoin millionaires and financial influencers stings a bit, but let's talk a bit more about mortgage brokers. These people are experts in the field of mortgages. They work closely with several different lenders. The good ones always seem to have the inside scoop on what's happening, cheaper rates, and creative problem solving to benefit their clients. What's interesting is I don't think a lot of people know what they do or how they get paid. The survey backs this up. About 54.9% of Canadians surveyed believed brokers were paid by a homeowner or a real estate agent. And 22% believed that they needed to pay two to $5,000 in order to work with a mortgage broker. This is just simply not the case. Mortgage brokers are paid by the lenders. In the off case that you would need to pay a fee as a consumer, the broker would let you know. This typically only happens for B or C lenders, and most Canadians would fall under A lenders, in which case the lender pays the fee for the mortgage broker. Mortgage brokers are here to help. They are here to make sure you get the service you deserve and the best rate and monthly payment because most of them work with 50 plus different lenders so they can shop around to create the best situation for you and your family. So next time you need mortgage advice, please don't reach out to Ryan Reynolds or a Bitcoin millionaire. Please speak with a mortgage professional. Now, I couldn't find the survey online, so I don't know if Ryan Reynolds was a multiple choice option or if it was just a coincidence that so many people chose him. But those results gave me a pretty good laugh. Well, that's all for me, folks. This has been another episode of the Canadian Real Estate News Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Blencarn, and until next time, take care.